Hello, friends. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by From Within Records on March 19th. Reloaded and ready for more. Seat of Pain, limited to 300 records. It's a one-time pressing, so please make sure to mark your calendars and head over to the From Within Records Big Cartel and pre-order yourself a copy of the record. There will also be t-shirts and posters available as well. On March 26th, it's a legendary First Unitarian Church in Philly, From Within Records Showcase, Eco Strike, the final show, Payback, It Is What It Is, Record Release, Magnitude, Shackled, Simulacra, Worn, Burning Strong, Seat of Pain, Beskar, Almighty Watching, Off the Tracks. It's going to be amazing. I'm flying to Philly. It's going to be such a great time. My Technically, my second time in Philly, you know, I went to Philly for the very first time when I went to SWB, but I flew in really late. Nate Prosciutti picked me up and we just jetted out of Philly. We went straight from Philly to Wilkes-Barre overnight. So I barely spent any time there. So I don't really count that. So I'm looking forward to flying to Philly at the end of the month to support all my friends, uh, you know, at the showcase, all my friends playing in bands, uh, supporting Carter Holmes. It's going to be such a great time. So if you haven't had a chance to purchase a ticket yet do yourself a favor and grab one before it's too late it's going to be such an awesome day so many awesome bands and i hope to see all of you there oh and also uh, doing a collab shirt with beskar which is being printed by our good friends over at good fortune printing out of wilkes-barre pennsylvania if you're looking for high quality merch for your band your business uh, your own personal clothing line whatever i highly suggest you go follow good fortune printing on instagram you can DM them there, or you can email them at contact at goodfortuneprinting.com. Uh, tell them Jamie or K Podcast sent you. Uh, you can thank me later. They do great work, and I'm looking forward to working with them in the future. And like I always say, if you're not following From Within Records on social media, please boot up your Twitter, your Instagram, click that follow button, stay up to date on all the current news. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us on April 25th. It's a Monday night, but just bear with me. It's a Monday night at Program, Last Draw, Take It to Heart, Firestarter, Major Pain. It's going down. This is a dream come true for me. I love Last Draw. I love Connecticut Straight Edge. I love Connecticut Hardcore. So it's my pleasure to have been able to put this together for all of you. So please come out, support all the local bands, obviously, but please support Last Straw. They're taking time. This is their day off. They're on a full U.S. tour with Anxious. They're playing with Boston Manor, uh, Higher Power, uh, Trash Boat, and I think that might be it. Uh, and this is all top of my head. I, I can't remember. But they're taking time off of their full U.S. tour to do this for all of you. So please... Uh, come out support uh if you're going to the chain show say what's up it's gonna be fun but it's gonna be even more fun the program that monday night we got connecticut strategy in the building it's gonna be fun uh so please come out support that it's my first time ever booking a show might be the last time but this is uh, gonna be such a great night so please support that but on today's podcast we had to track down our good friend brett from Richmond, plays in a band called No Other Way, Straight Edge Soldiers out there in Richmond. It, it was great 
to be able to finally sit down with Brett. We've been talking about doing this podcast since October. It was fun for me to be able to hear his story, how he uh, started in Roanoke, made his way to Richmond, and he's doing awesome stuff out there. If you haven't had a chance to listen to his band, No Other Way, click pause, go boot up Spotify, Instagram, Tidal, Bandcamp, whatever. Go listen to Earth Day, the latest release. Listen to the podcast. We talk about new music, uh, something to look forward to, but it was such a pleasure for me to have someone else from Richmond on. Um, I had a short list of people that I liked out there, but over time it's getting bigger. It's, it's great. So shout out Richmond hardcore shout out no other way. So strap in, enjoy this conversation without further ado. Welcome Brett Cooper to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Brett. How's it going? Uh, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. This is uh, kind of funny because you got to think back to when we met at uh, you know SWB Volume uh, Two. Uh, you were wearing this uh, antagonized hoodie, and I'm like, okay, that's awesome that that guy's rocking this hoodie. Uh, because I, I like I told you at the fest, I, I rarely see people um you know wear uh, that band's merch. When I, I think they're a pretty good band, but I just felt like they just kind of fell under the radar. I'm, I'm not sure if they're still doing things, but it was cool for me to see somebody wearing their hoodie. Yeah, I got that hoodie. Uh, it was Brace Wars, uh, like their last like seven inch they did on uh, Triple B. I think it was like 2018. Uh, they did like a record release in Cold World played. I think Antagonize maybe opened mm-hmm. or something, but they had uh, like that hoodie, the green one, and they had like the black one. And it was like around my birthday. So my sibling, Jack, uh, bought it for me. And it's been like one of my favorite hoodies since then. It's like four years ago almost. Okay. And obviously, uh, I met you at the fest. You also play in a band called uh, No Other Way. Uh, former or not, not former other members have been on the podcast shout out Dewey and Jamie uh, some of my favorite people but I'm it, it was funny because I'm pretty sure we were at uh, the your merch table and we were uh, talking about the, this Roanoke podcast that I've been wanting mm-hmm. to do with Jamie mm-hmm. for so long and I was giving him so much shit because it had been getting put off it's supposed to be with Jamie and our other friend Josh shout out to Josh and then uh, it, it's been going on for like, uh, I think pr- almost two years at this point that we've been trying to do this. And then Jamie uh, kind of realized like, hey, this whole Lost Colony of Roanoke podcast that you want to do, that's not even the same Roanoke like where we're from. Because the Lost Colony is in like North Carolina and you guys. Yeah, it's like, like, a, it's like an island or something like that. Yeah. So then I, I just thought that was kind of funny. Like, okay, wow, this whole time I wanted to do this uh, Roanoke podcast that has nothing to do with the Roanoke that um, you guys are from. But it, it was cool because it, you, know, you wanted to do it. You're like, hey, like, I, I want to talk about the 
history of Roanoke hardcore. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like, <laughs> like let's do it. And it, it, it's cool to finally be here. Right. Cause uh, dating all the way back to uh, late October of 2021. And now here we are in 2022, we're finally getting it done. Right. Yeah. I feel like everyone that's like, not from uh, like that part of Virginia or like in Virginia in general, or like this kind of this region of the country, like, assumes that like they've heard of like the roanoke like the lost colony so like I i'll be like yo i'm from roanoke and they'll be like oh like the lost colony like the whatever and it's like no like roanoke virginia mm -hmm. and they're just like what's that like what is that i mean so, some people know because you know like roanoke has had uh not like really recently but in the past like 10 years like definitely like touring like kind of bigger bands have hit roanoke so some people might know what it is but most people like the average person is just like the lost colony of Roanoke. And I'm just like, yeah, that's where I'm from. Yeah, for they're, sure. They're um, uneducated like I was, but then I had to do my research and figure it out. But for, for you, uh, did, did you grow up in Roanoke? Oh uh, yeah. I was born there, born in Roanoke city and then moved to Roanoke County. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, I've, I spent like my entire life up until like I moved to Richmond, like, may of last year so i pretty much spent like 21 22 years there okay so my pretty much my whole life and as far as uh, you uh, growing up and getting into hardcore uh if you can remember what was the scene like out there in roanoke when you first started getting into it uh well i mean i'll tell you the, the first show i was brought to uh was kind of like a mixed bill show in like a basement it was called like the moshment mm -hmm. and it was just like someone's basement and uh my sibling they're like uh six years older than me okay uh and they were doing bands and stuff like i think i was like 13 and uh they were like early college something like that and uh their band was playing and this band uh it's like a pop punk band from Virginia Beach. I forgot what they're called. Uh, what are they called? I forgot, but uh, it was like them, a couple like local hardcore bands. Uh, you know this guy, uh, Riley Embry? No, I'm, I'm not familiar. Uh, he, he was, I don't know if he was from Roanoke, but he like lived there for a while and then he moved to Richmond and played in this band uh, Reactor 4 um, with some members of like breakaway stuff like that um not dewey but mm -hmm. some other dudes um and then he moved out your way to like california like a few years ago uh but like if, if you watch like any like united blood video up until like 2017 i think he filmed like those okay his, his youtube's like righties like whatever um and he used to film united blood but uh yeah well, I, I think his band played i think they were called tiebreaker so it was like a mostly kind of like hardcore, like maybe like that pop punk band and like the metalcore bands. But uh, I went to that. I was like 13. I was kind of listening to like uh, Escape the Fate type stuff. Oh, wow. um, okay. I was kind of into that, I guess, at that time period. Uh, didn't really know how hardcore was, but I went to that and there was like a probably like 50, 60 people there. Uh, and it was like a cool vibe. I mean, it was fun. Like, I thought the music sounded like dog shit, but, like, the vibe of, like, people, like, moshing, because, like, I had never been around that before. Like, I had never even been to, like, a warp Tour or, like, a, 
just like uh, any like aggressive type music show mm-hmm. so like that was all new for me and especially like in that intimate of like a setting it's just like holy shit like like what the fuck is this you know um and yeah that was like i think it was like the very end of 2012 and, and your your sibling who brought you to the show uh before that did you um listen to their music and did you think uh, anything of it or did you just not pay attention until you got brought to that uh, show at the moshman um i mean i knew that they were in a band but i didn't really like i probably didn't listen to it mm-hmm. um but like they would always talk about like you know going to shows and like playing shows and stuff and like they would show me kind of like videos but i was like oh that's cool like i'm trying to play like modern warfare 2 or something like that on my xbox and like not really care about like whatever you're talking about but uh yeah i I mean i had like pretty much zero idea of what it was before that and as far as your experience after that uh, show, did you uh, tell your friends about it that you played, uh, you know, Xbox with? And like, when did you start to realize, like, oh shit, this is like something that I want to continue to participate with? It's funny because I went to that, and then like, I, I don't even think I told my friends about it. I think maybe I was like, yeah, I went to this like weird thing, mm-hmm. and there was people like punching each other and like just doing like weird shit and but like other than like this like maybe like briefly like mentioning it to my friends like i never like it was like i had a good time but it was like i didn't really have an interest to go back so like from that like 2012 like end of 2012 to like when i was like a sophomore in high school so that's like 2015 16 i was just going like to a show a year you know, it was like whenever my like sibling would be in town from college, they'd be like, you want to come to the show? And sometimes I'd be like, no. And then other times I'd be like, yeah. And I think the next show I went to was at this place called The Shanty. I don't know if you've heard of that before, like heard Jamie talk about it, but mm-hmm. it was like this shed mm-hmm. in someone's backyard. It was called The Big Gay Shanty. And, uh, I went there with like, I brought a friend that was kind of into like hardcore type stuff. I remember he had like bad brains, like bands, like custom ones. And I was like, I didn't even know who the bad brains were, but he was like, yeah, I have like these bad brain bands. Like, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, you want to come to this show? Like this band Brace Wars playing. I didn't know who they were, but I was like, yeah, like, you know them. And he's like, no, but we ended up going with my brother. And that was like, that was one of the first shows where I was like, oh, this is kind of like maybe something that I'm like actually interested in. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point I was like 14 or 15, maybe. I find it interesting that there's like these like, you know, uh, big gaps because you were just going to these like, you know, shows, uh, you know, once a year when your sibling was in town. Uh, but it, it's cool that you were finally able to, to get hooked. Because there's like always like because it's, it's weird when when you stop and think about okay you went to this one show and then for a whole year it's still like you know going on and you're just not paying attention and then the next year you get back into it and then you end up at the the shanty to see brace or with your friend who likes the bad brains so it, it's it was, it was like this little seed that they got planted and you're just like you know just kind of it, it kind of came slowly for you. 
Yeah, I, I'd say like when I really started getting into it like in a serious way, I was probably like, it was like maybe like a year after that race four show, like mm-hmm. another full year. It was like a like the, the summer that I was like, okay, like I'm down for this now. Is like was the summer like after my sophomore year of high school, so like 2015. And then that's when I started like really getting into it. Um, but before then, it was just like this show every once in a while. And like, I would be like, okay, cool. That was sick. But like, you know, I'm going to go back to listening to like whatever I was listening to at that point. And up until that point where you, you started to take it serious, did you ever make it out to any other types of shows? Did you ever make it to a warp tour where you still rocking to escape the fate and all that? <laughs> I, I kind of stopped listening to that stuff like in eighth grade. And then once I got into, uh, like high like early high school i was into like punk like the sex pistols and like the ramones uh mm-hmm. and like kind of like getting into like a little bit of pop punk not like the more like modern stuff but like kind of like green day and like uh blank mm-hmm. and like some 41 stuff like that um but that that was kind of before like the actual punk stuff and then once i started getting into the punk stuff like the Sex Pistols, I was really into them, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, this kind of sounds like what, like the hardcore shit is that my siblings into. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I was like, "Oh, like this is like the next step." Even like I've already been exposed, like maybe I should like get more into this and see what this is actually about, and give it like more of like you know a thought than just like, "Oh, I just want to go see people like punch each other, and believe, and do whatever." And when you started to take it more serious, were you surprised at how much was going on, like consistently? Because you were waiting, you know, uh, for like these shows once a year. But when you decided to start going more frequently, uh, did it take you by surprise, or were you just happy that things were going on? Um, I don't know if it took me by surprise necessarily, but I know, like, when I started getting into it, like heavily, like that 2015 summer uh that was kind of when stuff started going like a little bit down because mm-hmm. Roanoke's always been like a like i'm like a wavelength of like sometimes it'll be like good and it'll go back down into like a ditch and like nothing will really be happening but i i think like at that point it was kind of like on a slow sort of decline like there was still stuff happening but it wasn't like like before then like before i started getting really into it it was like because like that dude Riley I was talking about when he lived in Roanoke, even when he moved to Richmond, he was booking like he had like those connections to where you could book like you know Forced Order, like he booked Angel Dust, mm-hmm. uh, like these like kind of bigger bands. Um, but then once I you know started going regularly, I think he was like kind of not doing that as much, and it was like that dude Josh Sisson that you were talking about earlier. Uh, he was booking and uh, he was kind of you know I guess getting into it. And he, he booked some good shows, but it wasn't like at the same level that like the Riley shows were at. But uh, I, mean, I still had fun at them, but it just like wasn't as like I feel like the, the best period like so far in like Renault Cardcore has been like 20, like 12 to 2015 at mm-hmm. the beginning. And even though that you moved away, do you still try to keep up with what's going on out there? Because obviously you mentioned things go in waves uh i'm just curious like what like what are things like out there right now um well i've been there's been like a handful of shows since i moved like a year ago Mm -hmm. uh like one of them like the first one back was like 
no other way played that so i was at bat and that was pretty well attended there was like a lot of like high school age kids like high school to like my age kids that i had never seen before uh which was pretty exciting and it was at like a bfw hall mm-hmm. in roanoke and it was pretty cool uh but then this new venue that opens uh it's like a skate shop slash like skate park it's like it's almost like that ldb venue like the old one okay yeah it's like a smaller version of that but the dude that uh runs it is like around my age and he's like super into hardcore and he's just like down to have shows and like my sibling who lives in like novo now like northern virginia area he uh they still book shows in roanoke Mm -hmm. and this dude bailey that i'm friends with like around my age they both do it um and i think it's just like they're just kind of keeping it like uh to like kind of more like local like regional bands right now and not trying to like really like step out of like that little bubble and kind of like rebuild from there yeah well um, that that could be a smart move just to kind of strengthen the local scene give a chance for bands to to grow and you know have a chance to um, you know make other bands want to tour and play there right yeah so i mean i think they definitely get like offers of like kind of bigger things like there was like a talk of like some bigger bands coming from like ldb like on their way back like up to where they're from and hitting roanoke but it's just like I feel like they'd be going like kind of more out of pocket as far as like money than they want to. Mm-hmm. And it's more of a gamble, like at least right now. So I think they're just, you know, like I said, trying to like keep it like, like a smaller thing and just see what happens. But like, you know, keep that like spark and that, that little like seed of this like stuff happening and not like let it completely go away. Yeah. I, I feel like that's important because you never know who's going to show up and start like a neck like a, a new good band because uh people get inspired like you know in the most random ways and they become hooked and want to contribute so i i always think it's important even if uh times aren't the best or you know things aren't popping off i i feel like it's still important to to keep it going because you never know who's going to walk through those doors and uh, you know fall in love with it because for someone like me who I, I lived out in the palm springs area if it weren't for the local shows going on in my area uh who knows where i would be today yeah, it's crazy. It's like that one, like, like if like something like small would have happened like differently, you might not be where you're at now. Like if you, if you never like was turned on to like this shit by like someone and you might have gone in like a slightly different direction and you wouldn't be, you know, where you're at now. Yeah. It's I, crazy. But it's, it's like such like a life changing thing, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a, it's like a lifestyle that I feel like, you know, it has like a lot to do with like how people that are like super involved in the shit, like, you know, become like an actual person like an adult you know 100 percent. uh when i first got into it like i i remember I, even though i was like 14 i felt like it was like a pivotal moment in my life because i was in high school i, I didn't have any of my, my own friends at, at that time because i had gone to uh just like the, the high school that, that i went to basically all the kids were like funneled in from uh two middle schools but but at that point i was living in another city so um i was going to a different middle school so when i uh, went to high school i had to go to the school that i didn't know anybody at except for my cousin and his friends and they were like a year older than me and i was like oh this is kind of not my thing i don't really like being around these people because they're not my friends they only, they only talk to me because I, I, I of my cousin 
And then I, I stumbled onto hardcore because of my sister. And I remember going to this house show. It was weird because uh, like every buddy that was in like a, a local band doing good stuff at the time was there uh it was like this girl like through this like uh it was, it was like a going away party for some drummer who like went on to uh, drum for like devil driver and like these other like bigger metal bands well and um i was saying i'm like this girl is crazy to let all these strangers in her house and she had white carpet <laughs> which was which was like brown and black by the end of the show yeah, that's like my biggest pet peeve. like dirty carpets dude this girl <laughs> like people clear it out because like uh you know it, it was the end of the the thing and i remember looking at the carpet it was in like the weird little like kitchen area where like the bands were playing and i was like this is so bad like like i would never let this many weirdos in my house to be honest but to to have like that like clean carpet and know that people are gonna be tricking in mud from the outside and there's gonna be a ton of people just like stomping around I was like yeah it was definitely wasn't like a good idea but in hindsight you probably realize that but but it was crazy because i remember i went there by myself and normally i, I don't go to like you know, house parties or whatever but it's like oh like you know these bands these people are going to be there you should roll out and i remember just meeting and just kind of growing closer with a bunch of people because at that time it was like way more underground than it is now and it just felt like this crazy community that i was a part of and it was like this weird thing i'm like okay cool i'm out here by myself my cousin isn't here i'm kind of like slowly like finding myself meeting people and just kind of figuring out that we're all you know tied together by this music scene and like not a whole lot of people know about it so it just felt like extra cool back then yeah for sure yeah when i was like uh when i first started like really going to shows and stuff like like kind of like the back half of high school mm -hmm. i definitely felt like you know not like better than people but i was just like i have this like cool thing that like y'all probably don't think is cool but like i think it's fucking sick and i felt like it's, it's like a weird feeling it's like I, I just felt like not like better than people like like just like normal people but i was like i just felt like i had like my own lane and it was like separate from like everybody else yeah no i i, I totally get that because yeah uh at that time i just didn't care about like the typical high school stuff like what was going on the like i didn't have school spirit i didn't care about who was going to the local dance or anything all i cared about was getting to the next hardcore show trying to figure out what was going on like trying to figure out you know, what like other bands are out there that i like that, that's literally all i cared about once i found out about hardcore in high school right yeah um yeah, I mean, for me, it was more like, you know, like my high school experience was kind of like strange because I kind of like I wasn't like I had some friends, you know, mm -hmm. um, I because I, I feel like I was just like kind of like a normal ass person. And I think like I wasn't like super popular, but like I feel like some of my friends like were those kind of preppier dudes mm -hmm. that pretty much only liked me because I was like funny and like I just like fucking like shit on teachers and like all day and like just didn't give a shit uh and yeah i don't know i just like i i remember like when uh like around that same like summertime period i was like sitting with like my kind of like normie sort of friends like in like english or something and like it was like it wasn't like right when uh turnstile dropped uh was it non-stop feeling that came out that year yeah, that was like 2014, 2015-ish. Yeah. yeah, and I and I had just saw them like over the summer in Richmond. It was like my first Richmond show. It was like, uh, remember like the Life and Death tour? Mm -hmm. 
yeah it was the richmond data of that and it was like that band uh malfunction uh forced order bane backtrack turnstile misery i think okay but i had saw i had never like listened to turnstile before and i saw them and i was like kind of blown away um and i was like showing like my normie friends and like like the next day i came into school it was like all these like just like whack like preppy weird like asshole motherfuckers that just like would come in and be like yo i checked out that turnstile band that shit rocks <laughs> it's like i feel like that like doesn't happen a lot where it's like just like it i mean and i mean turnstile is like you know they're not like a mainstream band but like i feel like their sound is like more um digestible and can appeal to like certain type of people but i just like but that kind of i feel like that kind of like that situation kind of like sums up my whole kind of high school of just like kind of being like not like a super outcast but like definitely feeling you know different and stuff but not you know still just kind of like fitting in with some people and kind of like exposing people that would never like have any interest or like any like way to like access it so it's kind of like the entry level stuff but isn't you know? it uh we're now fast forward to 2022 and uh turnstile is that band right and that those normies the preppy kids uh they would know about uh, turnstile not because of uh hardcore but because of like the other things that they're doing which is fine uh, but but it's, it's just it's kind of crazy right. th- that you know uh, seven years later they're like the biggest band in hardcore i mean yeah i mean if you think about it it's like they're probably one of the biggest bands like in kind of like alternative music yeah i'm like i don't even get surprised anymore whenever like the the bigger things that they do uh because like in my opinion it's all well deserved i i think the the music's good um and they, they've been consistently good like from the start to now it's so. like 10 years like think about it like they've like they've been a band for over 10 years and they've just like gone like hard as fuck for that long and like i put it in so much work you know, hundred percent. I think it's definitely well deserved. But uh, it, it was cool because I watched that uh, that Jimmy Kimmel thing that they did, mm-hmm. and it was just kind of it reminded me of like watching like videos from like the '90s of like some alternative band playing like uh, late night with like whoever was back then, like Green Day playing like late night shit, and like uh, just like the MTV like was like the Headbangers Ball. Mm-hmm. It was called, yeah, it, it reminded me of that in a weird way because it's like they're playing like fast hardcore songs on like, like such like a mainstream like like show and like people in the audience are kind of moshing and it was like, I just like, at least like in my lifetime that I can remember, I just like have never really seen that kind of it, like, like at that level, you know? Yeah, it's going to be, uh, you know, think about in the future, if the young kids just getting into hardcore are going to be like looking back at Turnstile how you looked at those videos at in the in the 90s just crazy yeah they're gonna be like in the 2040s like yo remember when hands like turnstile played like jimmy kimmel and people were moshing in the crowd and now it's just like future 2040s electric rock no guitar shit yeah that that is uh you know it's it's a cool time to to be alive to witness that kind of stuff in real time because I always tell people like th- those kind of bands don't come around that often. Like it's as long as I've been in a hardcore, like, yeah, there's not too many bands that I can think of that have had that kind of, uh, you know, I- impression on the entire scene and then kind of gone that mainstream. 
Yeah, yeah, they, they definitely kind of like uh, I kind of feel like they're like the bad brands of like this kind of era, sort of. Yeah, um, yeah. Just like just like the vibe and like I, I never like taken like a huge deep dive into like later bad brand stuff, but I know they like maybe got like a little bit bigger and kind of broke out. Um, but like mainly like watching like a like the CBGB video from like. 82 or 81 where they're playing and it's like insane mm-hmm. i feel like the equivalent of that for them is like the 2014 like tihd set because i know like i used to watch that shit like all the time when i was getting into like hardcore like around that like time period of like middle of high school and that was kind of like probably the same thing for me that like that bad brains video was for like people that are like maybe like 10 years older than me or like your age you know yeah i the first i found out about um turnstile from this video they're playing inside this skate park and i always forget the name of the skate park i don't know if the videos are still up um i think it was in like virginia somewhere um geez like and oh it's uh yeah it's a uh, in virginia beach one who posted these videos whoops uh sky named wolf tiger shark on instagram or excuse me not on instagram on youtube uh, he, he has uh, this this video of uh, Turnstile at the skate park from 11 years ago, and it's like this this is like these videos are the ones that put me onto the band, and it, it's just crazy that it's been that this long. This guy's name is Wolf Tiger Shark. Yeah, Wolf Tiger Shark on, on YouTube. If if that's that guy's real name, that's fucking sick. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. <laughs> that's like the fucking coolest name I've ever heard in my entire life. That would yeah, be no. a pretty intense thing. But yeah, for anybody who's curious, like that that video is the reason why I still listen to or is why I started listening to Turnstile. Like, oh, this band's kind of cool. Like, let me uh, you know, pay attention and then to uh, you know see them grow from there. It's amazing. Yeah, speaking of, I mean, Turnstile and the Shanny, like they almost uh, they were like supposed to play the Shanny with like uh, I think they were supposed to play with like Diamond Youth and like some other like Turnover maybe. Mm-hmm. It was like some like weird tour like back in like 2013 that I wasn't around for, but I know like I've seen the flyer before and like they were set to play at the Shanty, but it was like snowing or something and they couldn't get into the city. Like they were like right outside the city apparently and they mm-hmm. just couldn't get in. <clears throat> so the show got canceled, but just like yeah, that that would have been crazy. But I think Blind Justice was on it too. Mm-hmm. It's like some crazy lineup, but. That is well to think about. Um, okay, so uh, you're more serious about hardcore. You're going to shows, but uh, when did you decide to start a band? When did you pick up the bass? Have you always been a lifelong musician? Um, I guess sort of. Um, I think I like started doing music stuff when I was like four or five, just like doing church choir with my like sibling and shit like that Mm -hmm. um and then we did like steel drums like it's kind of weird like i tell people that they're just like what the fuck like steel drums and i'm just like yeah it was like this like i think it was also through the church like whatever church we were at and they said like a bunch of kids like learn like steel drum beats and songs and like you'd play them and like travel to like virginia beach and play like a concert and have like fake palm trees and shit it was kind of weird but uh kind of fun too but uh, I did that, and then I did. I think I like played guitar first. Like, my parents bought me like a guitar when I was like in third grade, and I think I was like stoked on it for like 
a few months and I just like never touched it until like I was like 15. Uh, and I, but I didn't, I didn't start playing bass until I was like in eighth grade when I, when I was into like the escape of fate shit. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember I got a bass for like my 12th or 13th birthday and I just did not know, like, cause I, I, I had had that guitar and shit and I had done, done like drum lessons, like drum set lessons and shit, but like I never took any of that seriously. Cause I was more like at that time into like sports. Like I played lacrosse in high school and like middle school and shit. And like once I started getting more into music, like around eighth grade, like I got that bass. I like hit up like this guy that like lived in Roanoke and he was like, he had like a, like an escape the fate ish sounding band. And then he needed a bass player. And I was like, yo, like I can do it. Like I'm good at bass. But I like in reality wasn't like I had just gotten the bass, just did not know how to play anything. I remember I went to that practice and I showed up and I had like my little combo amp and I go down to the basement and like, it's like these kind of older, like, cause at, at that time I was like 13 and they were like all like 18 mm-hmm. and they had like a full, like they had like actual like amps and stuff. And I had like my little like shitty combo amp and I walked out there with like the bass on like my backpack thing. I just looked like a dork and I was like, Hey, like I'm here. Let's go. And I'm like, they're like, okay, play like this riff. And I just like, didn't know what I was doing. And they were like, yeah, like, you know, just learn that little part. And then, you know, we'll hit you back up. And they just never hit me back up. Jeez. Sucks, it's, I mean, it's whatever. Cause like, yeah, I don't know. But if there was that, and then like, I think after that, uh, it was kind of the same thing with like going to shows like that once a year thing where I was like, okay, I did that. Now I'm going to get, like, get back into like whatever I was doing outside of music. And then I think the first band I was in that was actually a band was uh, this band that I started when I was like 15 or 16 called Convicted. Um, and it was with my friend Bailey who plays bass in, uh, outsider. Uh-huh. Uh, now when he, he was in Michigan now too, but, uh, yeah, it was with him and like this like weird scene kid drummer. And then like some other dudes and like, it didn't really like, we ever played a show or I mean, I, they, they played a show, but I didn't like, I quit before they played a show because it was like, they were doing like more like kind of like heavy, like metal core type shit. And at the time I wasn't into that. So I quit and started this band called bound like b-o-u-n-d and it was we did a demo and played some shows and quite possibly that demo was like the worst piece of music to exist that is amazing i want to hear it it it, no (laughs) like i mean you can you you can look it up okay it was like i mean it, (laughs) it, it it was like me this kid jackson uh who still plays in bands uh this kind of a little older dude named Austin. Uh, he was like 19 and like the rest of us were like 16. And yeah, we did like a demo and we played like a handful of shows. Like the first show we played, like the first like live performance I ever played was in Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is like 90 minutes. Well, no, it's like an hour north of Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we played like some like local Roanoke shows. I think we played with like a Jesus piece in Roanoke in like 2016, maybe. Uh, that was like the first band I, uh, like actual band I did besides like Convicted, which I don't really count that, I guess, because like we, I didn't play a show with them. 
I didn't even record with them. So, but like the bound demo, like, unfortunately I wrote all that shit mm-hmm. and I was on guitar for that. And I didn't know how to play guitar that well at that time. So it was pretty rough. But at the time you, you yeah, probably I, thought it was like the sickest shit ever. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, it was cool because like I, I figured out like drop tunings. It's like, I used like drop D for this shit. Cause it was like easier to play, you know? Uh, and I just like wrote a couple riffs and I was like, yo, it's like the heaviest, like ass beating thing ever. But in reality, it was just like me hitting like open E to like some like shitty beat. But uh, it was cool. It's just like when I look back on it now, it's like it's literally like the worst thing ever. Like I think like someone like my sibling or like maybe like Josh Sisson like shared it because they were like, hey, like these like kind of younger kids are doing stuff in row. And on Facebook, and I guess one of them was friends with uh, Anthony from Jesus Peace. You know, yeah, I'm talking about, mm-hmm. yeah, and he apparently he commented on that, and he was like, "This is the worst thing I've ever heard in my entire life." I never saw it. Like I, my brother was like telling me about that like recently, and I was like, "That's pretty funny because it's true." That's but a, uh, that's amazing. We we were a band for like less than a year for that, and. Basically, from that point, like, it was just, like, me and that dude, Bailey, just, like, doing bands. Yeah, because we, we were, like, both in, like, like the same age. Like, I got kicked out of my original high school and then went to his high school. And there was, like, actually, like, more hardcore kids there. Because, mm-hmm. like, at, at the high school I went to, which is, like, Hidden Valley, um, like, this kind of, like, it's, like, a preppy school, but it's just, like, the type of people that go there, it, like, services, like, a kind of, like, upper class sort of area for the most part um uh so there weren't like really that many kids at that time when i was there that were like into hardcore so it was like just me and like a couple dudes that kind of like fell off after like a year but uh once i went to uh, the new high school that was uh when i had like a, a little like core group of friends that we all kind of like were into hardcore together and just like did bands and before you got to the new high school, did you know those people existed? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the dude Bailey I was talking about, he, mm-hmm. like, the way the system was set up, like, where I went to school was, like, instead of, like, two middle schools going into, like, one high school, it was, like, this one high school and this one middle school, and they were both called Hidden Valley. Mm-hmm. And Bailey had went to Hidden Valley, like, a middle school, like in sixth or seventh grade by like I knew him but I wasn't friends with him and then like he like moved away and like went to a different school in eighth grade and then like that 10th grade like summer time period that I was like really started going into shows I saw him at a show and like this dude that I was with that like went to my school he was like yo is that Bailey and I was like oh I think it is and he was like with this dude Jackson who was like also our age and like went to like the same school with them that I ended up going to. And uh, yeah, like I, I knew of them mm-hmm. and then like I started being friends with them and then like just coincidentally I got kicked out of my school and went to their school. So that's awesome. And at what point did you uh, meet like Dewey and Jamie and Charlotte? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I didn't meet uh, Charlotte or Dewey like formally until like a year ago oh wow okay. but I, I i had known jamie because he lived in uh roanoke and shit 
mm-hmm. like for a few years and I, I like i had seen him at shows and like once i started coming to shows like in richmond like just driving myself to him he was like oh shit like it's brett you know from roanoke i know who that is and like we were kind of like on like a first name basis i guess um and yeah i didn't meet the like, guy I, I knew who dewey was from like breakaway playing roanoke and shit mm-hmm. um i had no idea who charlotte was until i like the first practice like i remember uh right when i i guess like got in no other way um i thought it was just gonna be like dewey jamie the student mark who's kind of like he kind of fills in for us he plays in uh downfall and Killing Pace is like a newer band from here, but uh, he was filling in. And I thought it was just going to be the four of us. And they started a group chat and it was like, there was like this fifth person with like a Connecticut area code. And I was like, yo, who's that person? And they were like, oh, that's Charlotte. And I'm like, who's Charlotte? Like, I don't know who that is. Like, and they were just like, oh, it's this like girl. She like takes pictures and she's like 12 years old <laughs> and not really, but she was like 16, but uh and i was like okay and then i met her and then yeah when i first uh you know uh, heard of no other way i would uh only knew dewey and jamie and like the other members were just kind of like uh just like you know i was like i don't even know who else is in the band and it wasn't until i saw you guys live at uh, sabb or like oh those are the other members and it was kind of strange for me because I've only talked to, uh, you know, like I said, uh, Dewey and Jamie. So it, it was cool to finally be able to see y- you guys live and, uh, you know, put faces uh, to the other members and, uh, you know, actually talk to you guys. Right. Yeah. I mean, for like the first like two releases they did, like the, uh, I guess like the demo of Slow Violence and then uh, the, they did like a cover and then they did like that Earth Day thing. Mm-hmm. The, it, it, like for like those releases it was just like dewey and jamie like they just like did everything themselves and they didn't really have a lineup until they like uh got me in charlotte and, and mark and how how were you approached was it just jamie was like oh like i know this guy from roanoke or did you have to audition did you have to bring that combo it, amp back it, <laughs> you know it, it was kind of a mix of both of those things uh because i mean I guess me and Jamie, like, I started, like, spending more time around him because I would, like, because my friend Bailey, who started playing an outsider, I would go to, like, their shows with uh, with Bailey. And, like, I even, I drove them on, like, a weekend tour they did, like, back in uh, the beginning of 2020. And I drove, like, four members of Outsider, the fifth dude, like the other guitar player couldn't make it or whatever. So I drove them and Jamie was there. Uh, so I, I think he kind of got to know who I actually was more than as opposed to just like, oh, that's that kid that I kind of know from Roanoke. Uh, but yeah, no, after that, I think he hit me up in like the end of 2020. And he was like, yo, like, do you want to like maybe practice with us? like no other way like i had known who they were for like through like the demo and stuff mm-hmm. um and i was like yeah sure and i went up there we jammed and that was in like october of 2020 and i kind of like didn't like, it was cool but like i didn't like hear back from them uh for like a few months um 
And I kind of kept on like hitting up Jamie. I was like, yo, like, are you guys like, you guys still need a basis? Like what's going on? Like, can I come practice again? And eventually I think, cause I think I was the guy that offered them the uh, Roanoke show that we played. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I didn't book that, but like my sibling and Bailey were doing it. And I was like, oh, like no other way should play. And I still like really wasn't in the band at that point, but I hit up Jamie and I was like, yo, you guys should play this show. And also I'm moving to Richmond soon. So like hit me up if you guys still need a bass player or whatever. And he was like, yeah, and you can come practice and whatever and we'll do shit. And that was like May, April of last year. Okay. So that was like a slow burn. They didn't do you like that other band did in the basement. Yeah, and it, it wasn't like that. Like, I, it wasn't like I showed up and like didn't know what I was doing. It was more just like, I think they were like a, uh, just kind of like, cause it was like it was during like that kind of height of like the quarantine thing where it was like, I think they were probably like, let's just like take our time and like find who's right or just like think about what we're gonna do. I think it was more of that, um, but I'm glad they ended up, you know, hitting me up again because I definitely had a great time playing in that band. Mm -hmm. yeah and seeing you guys live i I was uh uh, surprised in a good way at how like solid you guys uh you know performed live because you know sometimes you'll see a band live they're not as tight or they're kind of sloppy or just doesn't sound as good but uh, seeing you guys live i was like okay these guys definitely have it right yeah that that was a fun one they like because like at before uh quarantine uh Actually, like I mean, like the last show I played before quarantine was, um, in like August of 2019, and it was in Wilkes Barre. Oh, really? Okay. And it was like it was with my old band, uh, Compulse, that was also in with Bailey, and mm-hmm. that was like the first band that I had like really like done like any type of like weekend runs and like small touring stuff with, and uh, that was the last show I played before the lockdown. So. I didn't play a show at all for almost like two years. Mm-hmm. Like the first show that I played back was like July of 2021. So that was like a year and like what, like nine months, 10 months. But it was kind of cool because like that, that Wilkes-Barre show, the fest uh, was like around the same time period that I played Wilkes-Barre two years prior. So it was kind of like a cool, like full circle thing. Yeah, and it was a fun time. Uh, I I really enjoyed being out there. I'm looking forward to getting back to Wilkes-Barre at some point. Yeah, it's cool. It's like Wilkes-Barre for me is like almost like Roanoke. I mean, like they obviously have like a, a bigger scene, like a more like established scene. But uh, mm-hmm. as far as like the vibe of like the actual like city and like town or whatever, that's like it's kind of similar because like it's they're both in the mountains, sort of. And like I mean, straight up like roanoke it's like the interstate that goes through roanoke is like i think it's like six no it's 81 and to get to wilkes-barre from roanoke you just get on 81 and just go for like six hours and it's like you just keep on it's like a straight line and it's like through like the uh appalachian mountains that's crazy i one day want to live in uh wilkes-barre that's my my dream yeah it's like a, it's a cool vibe but whenever i go there it's like i mean i grew up like listening to like you know title fight was a big band for me and like mm-hmm. uh tiger's draw which was like screen and then like eventually like you know cold world and like uh strength for a reason i don't think was from there 
but they were from that area right like that region yeah they're from there they're uh they're from the city where the, that uh fest actually happened and i'm uh uh, uh nanacoke that's where they're from yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. nanacoke straight edge whatever yeah uh yeah, yeah no and i always like kind of like romanticize the experience shit um i have some friends there now uh actually like the one step closer they played uh they played roanoke back in like 2018 Mm -hmm. like before they like blew up obviously and they were like on like a smaller tour with this band uh pummel from boston shout out pummel uh birdles their drummer's coming on the podcast tomorrow oh fuck yeah yeah that that band rocks Mm -hmm. Uh, shout out matt but uh but yeah no they uh pummel and one step closer played roanoke like the summer of 2018 and uh, at the time i lived in like this like apartment complex my mom it was like townhomes and shit and there was like a pool like a shared pool and uh, like after the show i was like yo you guys should come like swim with us and they did and we kind of became friends with like you know or at least me i became friends sort of with uh the one step closer kind of squad um and i think like I would just like run into them like after that a lot and they played Roanoke again with like year of the knife like the next year like 2019 january and that was like right when they were like on that like you know incline going up to like blowing up because like they had just put out the uh that seven inch on triple b mm-hmm. um yeah I'm, I'm cool with you know ryan and brian and shit and they're they're great dudes they're really nice yeah uh awesome dudes uh you mentioned tiger's draw i literally saw tiger's draw last night and so oh, uh, sick. yeah I, I i just love that whole area like everyone that i'm friends with from out there just uh, great people and just whenever i'm out there and i don't know if it's because I'm, I, I'm on vacation and i don't have to worry about like responsibilities i'm just out there to have a good time and not have to think about anything else uh, I think that might play a part into it, but I, I just love being out there. Just it's just it's so different from where I live now, and obviously, yeah, like uh, a big part of why I like that place so much is because of a lot of the music that has come out of there. But uh, it, it, it'd be cool to be able to experience it at some point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I like I said, like I, I romanticize the fuck out of like a Wilkes Bear just because of like mainly like title fight, you know. Because I was just like, that was like my favorite band from like, for like a couple of years, like in high school, like early high school and shit. And uh, yeah, you like you hear songs about like certain streets and shit, like in Wilkes-Barre and like mm-hmm. you, you got like the Hyperview Memorial and shit or like Mural, whatever it's called. Uh, it's funny because like I, it's like a reality hitting thing. Like when I went, uh, that, that last show that I played before quarantine, it was just like a one-off <clears throat> in Wilkes-Barre when you drove up there from Roanoke and uh, we met up with Brian from one step closer the bass player mm-hmm. and like he like took us like the swim spot and like we were like yo let's go to like the hyperview like mural thing and I was like it's gonna be like this sick big ass like nice thing it's a cool mural but it was like he like we like followed him in his car and we drove over there and it was like this weird like piece of like wall on the side of the building that was like really cramped and there was like construction around it and it just like wasn't what I was expecting, but like it, I mean, it was cool. I was like, "Whoa, that's like, that's like the mural right there." But it wasn't like this like grandiose like crazy like thing that I like thought it was gonna be. And that's kind of like how I feel about like you know 
anything that I like romanticize, you know, and like, you know, can I build up in my head? I just like uh, when I went for the first time, uh, me and some of my friends went and like took some pictures in front of the mural and yeah, it definitely means a lot to me, but just to see so many of the locals just walk by and not give a fuck about it just because they don't know. Um, I was like, Oh, this is, this is so cool. There's like, there's, there's this art piece in downtown that means a lot to so many people, but like, uh, like uh, to the, some of the locals that don't even really know what it is. They just, it's just another sign or is just another like painting on a wall, but it, it was cool to be able to see it because it almost went away because they were going to cover uh, the, the mural with some like billboard ad or something, but uh, luckily, yeah, uh, that, that's what was happening when I uh, saw it mm-hmm. with the, uh, at that time period, there was like some construction shit happening and they were like, Oh, it's going to go away soon. And I was like, shit. Yeah. That sucks. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it didn't go away because it means a lot to a, a lot of people. And, you know, uh, just like me, a, a lot of people know that area because of the, of the, the music scene. So I'm um, hopefully it stays there for a lot longer. Right. Yeah. I hope it does. And you, uh, you know, uh, brought up, uh, no other way, and it it's almost been a year, right? Uh, next month will be a year since Earth Day came out, and I, I know you have practice coming up. Uh, are you guys working on um, any new music to be recorded? Uh, I was actually talking to Jamie and Dewey about this the other day. I'm just like, am I liable to say like what we are and aren't doing? But uh, I'm just gonna say we definitely uh, recorded some stuff recently, like a good amount of stuff, and it's gonna mm. be. There's gonna be like a label type thing announcement uh, in the next like few days, I think. Oh, like a newer label. The the, the label's not newer, but it's like a it's a new like you know connection that we're doing it through, or like the release through. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that's supposed to be announced this week. Right. Or I, don't, I don't know when this podcast is coming out, but it's it's like this week, like the week of like what what is it? The week of like the thirteenth of March. Okay. This is literally dropping tomorrow. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, yeah, it's going to be this week, hopefully. All right. Uh, we definitely recorded a bunch of shit. Uh, and I think, uh, we're going to be out your way, uh, in May. Oh, wow. That might be the end of May towards like, uh, beginning of June. Wow. That, that is great news. Because that was one thing that I was going to get to. Because I've obviously seen you in Wilkesbury, but I was curious when No Other Way was going to make it out to the West. But th- that's awesome to hear that you guys are going to come out here. Yeah, uh, it's like I don't know if I'm allowed to say like anything about that, but I mean it's like a two week West Coast run thing that yeah. we're uh, planning on doing uh, at the end of May into like the I think it's like the 23rd of May through like the 5th of June. You can, Maybe. I, I think you, you can announce it here. You won't get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, it's going to be cool because I've never been to the West Coast. Like the farthest west I've been uh, has been like Cincinnati. That's crazy. <laughs> like I, I've been all up and down like the East Coast. Like I've uh-huh. been in like Maine, like Florida. Uh, but I've never been like anywhere past like Ohio. So that is mind blowing to me because obviously like I, I, I live out here. Uh, but California is really nice. I, I I hope you enjoy it whenever uh, you guys get out here. The weather should be fine. It'll, it'll be a little warm, but I'm not sure if you're into that because I know you guys have to deal with the cold and snow 
Yeah, I mean, I think Virginia is like more of like a you get like all four seasons, mm-hmm. you know. But like in like you know, especially in Roanoke, it like definitely it's in the mountains, so it can like get more snow and shit and get colder. But uh, it's like just for for Virginia in general, it's like fucking like the craziest shit because like you can have like one day on a week where it's like seventy five and sunny, and then like three days later it's like snowing and like twenty nine degrees. Like that straight up just happened here. It was like snowing like a bunch yesterday, and it was like twenty something degrees. But, like uh, five days ago, it was like seventy five. And I'm I'm curious though, why did you move to Richmond? Um, I guess like the short answer is I just like kind of felt stuck in Rona. Mm-hmm. You know, because like you like you I grew up there like obviously, and like I. It, I don't know. I just like there wasn't like you know a lot there for me. I feel like I just like felt like I had to do something like different and like you know get out and experience more shit than what Roanoke has to offer. You know, because like Roanoke's a great place and it's like a cool city and shit. And uh, the scene is you know obviously you know it's it's still there and I want to see it grow and I want to play there more. But uh, just like for me personally, it was like I have to do something else and like. I had grown up, you know, going to like Richmond to visit like my sibling in college and then like uh, just coming to shows. And I, you know, had some friends uh, that already lived here. So I was like, you know, it was pretty easy. Okay. And it's only like three hours away from Roanoke. So it wasn't like I was moving like some crazy distance away. So. Is that like a typical path? Because for me growing up out in like the Palm Springs area, uh, there's like this weird stigma, which. now as an adult, I felt I feel like it's stupid, but there's like this weird stigma that if you didn't leave the desert, you were a loser. So people were like desperate to get out to Orange County, to L.A., to the Pacific Northwest, anywhere but staying at home. And Wait, so where are you from? Uh, I, I grew up in the Palm Springs area. I, I lived in a city called yeah. La Quinta. My parents still live there to this day. Shout out to cool. the cool. 760. But um, yeah, so I, I was so uh like not like desperate at the time because like when i was a kid i was like whatever i was like i'm gonna just try to maximize my happiness i just want to you know have fun and enjoy life since i know this thing's like you know very limited uh but then uh, you know growing a little older and things did become stale i i guess i i don't know maybe i was just uh growing up uh, but just the opportunity to move to Orange County uh, came up and i was like yeah let's try it i, I felt like i was a little reckless because it happened so fast i it was like, yeah, I'll, I'll drop everything um, as long as I can you know, transfer with my job because I had started like a new job is getting paid really well. Um, so I didn't want to give that up. And luckily I, I was able to move. Uh, but then quickly I realized, OK, I, I moved uh, an hour and a half, two hours away to this place that I thought was going to you know bring me so much happy and joy. But it was literally just like living back home. You know, uh, there's I had a, like high expectations and I quickly realized that uh, it wasn't like how I thought it was going to be, which is totally fine because I still enjoy living out here to this day. Uh, uh, but um, I don't think that people have to leave their hometowns to, to not be a loser, if that makes sense. So I was just curious for you if um you know, kids in Roanoke, uh, you know, th- that was like a typical thing. Like, all right, like we got to get out of Roanoke. We got to go to Richmond. We got to go to wherever to, to not be looked at like a loser. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think like, you know, I don't think it's like maybe a hundred percent that at mm-hmm. least for me, but uh, I feel like 
definitely like a lot of people that are like my siblings age like late 20s now uh and people my age have definitely like left mm-hmm. um maybe not to richmond necessarily but like uh just like other like random places but uh um I don't, I don't feel like there's like a stigma that like if you stay in Roanoke you're like a loser but I feel like if you like want to if you want to uh, have just like different opportunities or maybe more opportunities with like whatever you're doing that's like creative whether it be like music or art or whatever you kind of have to leave and Richmond is just like convenient because like it's pretty close and it's uh not super expensive and it's not crazy big but like it's so like saturated with like you know alternative stuff like alternative culture like there's like a like obviously like a, a huge like established scene like of hardcore here and also like other music too like metal and shit uh but and like art you know art scenes and stuff like that too you know because there's, like, there's like a big kind of like quote-unquote art school here vcu so uh mm-hmm. i feel like uh if anybody is trying to do like music art creative stuff like that richmond's like a an easy spot to go to um but yeah i mean for me it was more like i it wasn't like uh, if i stay i'm a loser it's more just like i just don't i just need to like you know expand and like do something different and like you know you know just for, for my own personal happiness you know kind of like get some new experiences and like you know grow outside of like right now and how has it been? Because you, you mentioned um, you moved over uh, about a year ago. Right. Yeah, it's been great. I like really like it. Uh, I've met a bunch of people. It's like way easier to go to shows now. Mm-hmm. Um, or like at least like bigger shows. Because, you know, like Roanoke, like uh, at least like before the pandemic, uh, it was mostly like local type shit that happened. And like occasionally like, you know, you get like some bigger bands like, you know, I think the most recent one like uh drain played roanoke like uh at the beginning of 2019 um and then also like year the night one step closer uh came through the same year but uh that's like an every once in a while thing so like i would usually just like have to drive three hours to go see like any band that i wanted to see mm-hmm. here so now it's like you know it's cool because i can just drive like like five minutes to the camel or whatever and i can see like one of my favorite bands so it's definitely cool in that aspect and you know i, I definitely feel more uh maybe not more at home but it's like i, I definitely feel comfortable here um and it's great i love it okay i've never been to richmond um so i'm hoping at some point i can make it out there because obviously there's like that you know long history of hardcore there and then i have friends that live there so there's like some things that i want to check off on my uh to-do list before i hang it up and move on to my next life in the metaverse move by the way to, move on to your next life <laughs> in the metaverse uh meet me there we're, we're buying up land we're, we're in the sandbox hopefully that's the right metaverse to pick if not um we'll just log out and go pick another one won't True. be that big of a deal but um yeah I, I i would definitely like to get out there because growing up like early days of hardcore listening to bands like down to nothing uh 1033 it's just like i 
want to get out there and uh, you know I- experience the show and i know there was uh you know like a big bummer when um united blood announced that it was done but right yeah uh, w- w- which was uh surprising uh to most but for anyone who listened to my podcast with foster um he kind of alluded to that it might be done so um, it, it was only a bummer to hear uh, but um, I'm happy that it happened because there was a, a lot of great uh, lineups that uh, you know they all put together, and um, you know a lot of people traveled out for that. But uh, you know, uh, more recently, a Big Takeover was announced. When I saw a Big Takeover, I thought of something else. There's a band from Riverside called Big Take, uh, excuse me, called Big Takeover that's on Triple B. So when I saw this flyer with Big Takeover and Triple B um, logos on it, I was like, oh, I was like why are they doing a big show out in uh richmond but i'm like oh that's that's just what like this thing's called it's not the band big take big takeover excuse me uh so i, I was a little yeah. bummed but um but also it, it's cool that there's something um you know new going on that like you know, this big thing to draw people uh you know from outside the area to to, to come in um isn't uh you know like it, it isn't gone there's this new thing big, big takeover multiple gigs and i'm um, hopefully uh, you know people still travel out to experience that Right. Yeah. Um, I think I'm assuming the reference for that name is Bad Brains, mm-hmm. like the Bad Brains song. Uh, kind of like how United Blood was like Agnostic Front uh, reference, but I could be wrong. But I, I think that's what he's, he's referencing and not the band. He, he could be like, you know, I like that band. So I'm just going to steal the name. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's the, I think it's the uh, Bad Brains song. Yeah. And I think the band is referencing Bad Brains as well. But uh and they were yeah. a little more rare out here, um, even though they're from Riverside. Uh, just the members were uh, in other bands or um, in school. So I, I hope uh, they're all doing well because they uh, wrote some really good music. But I- I'm just sad that they weren't able to do more with it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of that band. But maybe I have, but I'll, I'll send, you really... send you a link. Send you a link. It's really good. Good stuff out here um cool. but yeah so th- that's cool that that's uh you know going down um late may you, you, and you yeah, won't it's, be it's like it, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be here for it okay uh, i i we thought that we weren't but uh i think we leave for that tour like a couple of days after the fest mm-hmm. so i'm I'm glad because there's some cool bands like terrorizer that like i i had like i've been recently getting into like uh like in the past like couple of years like more like metal and shit like that mm-hmm. um like death metal and stuff and like i'd been getting into terrorizer before i even knew that they were gonna be on that lineup and then i saw that and i was like holy shit like that's insane um but i think it's cool i think i'm excited for it i think it's like a the next sort of like iteration of like what united blood was sort of but like had it it, it kind of feels like its own thing yeah even though it hasn't even happened yet it's it, it, like the vibe seems kind of like different enough to where it can be like its own you know entity but I, i'm also i'm glad i got to go to you know i had blood once like the the only year i ever went was 2019 which was the last one so yeah you were there i, I wish I, I could have gone in 2009 but oh yeah yeah, yeah. back then i i just I, I just didn't travel back then but now it's like me traveling to shows is like a newer thing so uh hopefully hopefully I, I can get out to to more stuff yeah yeah I didn't, I didn't how old are you i'm currently 33 oh shit okay 
Yeah, I'm so you're like a fool, like ten years older than me. So, yeah, I, I didn't go. Uh, uh, I didn't start like driving or traveling to shows really mm-hmm. until I was like eighteen because I got like an actual like decent car when I was like eighteen, mm-hmm. like a nice car. So like, uh, um, that's when I started like going to like you know regional like Richmond, uh, Virginia Beach, DC shows. And I even like up to like Philadelphia and shit uh, for a couple things, but uh, I've never like flown out to a show just to like go to it. It's uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. Uh, I, I've done it uh, a bunch of times in, in the past year. I, I flew out to Pensacola for a day. Shout out Carter for for housing me and being a great host. Uh, went to Wilkesbury twice. Just went to FYA. I, I'm actually going to Philly for the first time. Uh, not this uh, next weekend because I'm going to the From Within Record Showcase. Oh shit! Yeah, it's like the last like Eco Strike show, I think. Yeah, such a bummer because that band is amazing. Uh, the lyrics are great. Uh, people in the band are great. I- I'm bummed that they're hanging it up, but uh, you know they have their own reasons. Uh, I-, I know uh, uh, the singer Lennon uh, plays in Carbonite. If you don't listen to Carbonite, just uh, go check them out. That band's fucking awesome. They got new songs on the way. <laughs> The singer of that band is the same singer from Blister, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I think I've seen. I never saw Blister, but I saw uh, Eco Strike. There was like a Triple B showcase in Richmond, like in 2018, like the summer, mm-hmm. and it was like them, Magnitude, uh, maybe Day by Day played, or not, not Day by Day. Uh, I forgot who it was, but it, it was a few bands like that, and they were cool. I like them. Their new LP that came out like what last year, twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like that a lot. It's great. Yeah, Talented. like there's not a lot of uh like not a lot of like straight edge stuff coming the... out recently in the past few years. Weapon X. I heard about that. <laughs> I, I want to listen to that really bad. I, I haven't listened to it yet, but it seems cool. Yeah, Weapon X is legit. I I know people. I, I saw some people. I'm getting kind of down about it just because like so many people were posting about it, but. There's really good music. If you haven't listened to Weapon X, go look it up on wherever you stream music. Um, but really good stuff. Yeah, I feel like for me, like whenever, like I have this like weird thing, like wherever I, uh, whenever there's like some like hype new thing that's out, mm-hmm. uh, I just like will like listen to it for a second and be like, oh, it's not as good as like what people say. I'll just like be in like denial about it for some like weird. It's not even like it's like. I have like no beef with anything. It's just like I I listen to it. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. But then like a few months later, I'll be like, oh, this is like actually really good. Like I remember I uh I think it was like the Never Ending Game, their like first release, um, and that like blew up obviously. And like I listened to it and I was like, oh, it's fine, you know, whatever. But uh, but then after like a few months, like or even like a year maybe, I like started listening to it and I was like, is this actually like amazing music? And like great hardcore, and I'm a big fan of them. No, yeah, they're they're talented. Um, every time that I've seen them, it's been super solid, uh, great band. But no, I I, I totally get it. You, you don't want to be influenced, and you don't want to give into the hype. Um, but sometimes you just got to kind of just listen to things on your own time and just kind of have your own judgment. Because trust me, there's been <laughs> there's been some links that I've clicked that people were hyping up and I'm like, this is, this is not it, uh, but I'm gonna keep it moving. I'm gonna, uh, you know, just uh, do my thing. Uh, but, but I totally get it. 
because it, it, it's easy right to see you see it so many times in your timeline you see so many people hyping up this shit and uh people maybe just want to be a part of the hype train or whatever but yeah oh yeah yeah that's probably what it is like you know subconsciously just like not wanting to be like just like a like what's the term like a uh bandwagon or something but i mean if something's good it's good yeah. and you know if it's if it's good if it's to a certain point it definitely deserves like hype and like recognition but uh, uh it's just a, it's a, some weird thing with me i don't know what it is mm-hmm. no i i get it there's um uh you know there, there, there's records that i'll intentionally put off because i'm like all right i don't want to uh you know listen to it in this like you know in the time of people like you know pushing it out there because i don't want because i can be influenced i i'm not like you know impervious to that like uh, you know it has happened before um so i still like to take my right. time and be objective about things and see if i really like it and not because like you know my friends are in it or because a thousand people reposted it today i i just still like to try to like absorb it for what it is and sometimes it, it can be hard when you're being influenced by friends and uh, you know random people out there on the internet right yeah but yeah, it, it can definitely be easy to get lost in like you know the hardcore you know internet instagram twitter shit but yeah but weapon x from louisville real deal <laughs> a fucking amazing music check it out right yeah i'll listen to it yeah there's a few times where i i listen to shit where i'm like damn being straight edge is fucking awesome and listening to that demo i was like this is fucking cool yeah i mean like i said like i feel like as of like the past like five years or like maybe like a few years it's just like straight edge hasn't been like in vogue i guess or as like it, like you know the straight edge bands haven't been really coming out as much or like blowing up really yeah i'm trying to think I was going to draw a blank because obviously I got there, there's I, definitely like great bands that have that like straight edge bands that have come out like in the past few years. But like, I feel like like the kind of like what's popular right now is not that um, for the most part, at least. Uh, I don't pay attention. I, I just kind of because I've been straight for so long. Uh, yeah. Bands that pop up. Uh, if you're straight edge, that's awesome. If not, that that's cool, too right but okay and uh, outside of uh no other way are you working on any other bands or doing any other types of music um i'm working on a band right now uh it's like it's just like me and like a couple other people um and we've practiced like a couple times in the past like few weeks uh it's like gonna hopefully be like a heavier um hardcore thing mm-hmm. uh but I, I wouldn't even really call it a band right now we're just like jamming songs uh but i definitely want to like you know have like a second band to like do a different style with you know uh because yeah, i love the style that we're doing with no other way i think it's sick <clears throat> but i also want to like you know dip my feet into like um the more like you know like meat and potatoes heavy stuff you know um kind of just like the the late 2000s early 2010s like bridge and i and reaper records type sound um for me personally at least uh 
but I mean, besides like you know the straight edge stuff i definitely listen to a lot of like uh uh kind of like weird like 90s like roadrunner record stuff and uh heavier hardcore shit not like beatdown and not like metalcore but just like the heavier like more aggressive shit but will your new project be a straight edge band oh no no uh it's just gonna be just a hardcore band okay because so I know the numbers are dwindling out there in Richmond. I, I want you guys to con- continue to you know keep the spirit alive to hopefully influence uh, new kids and uh, not let people forget about straight edge out there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, no, no other way is going to carry the flag in Richmond for sure um, for as long as possible. Uh, but no, it's just I'm, I'm just trying to do like a just a more straightforward hardcore band. Okay. And hopefully that will be like a real thing in the next like few months or like have like an actual release maybe like a demo um hopefully sometime this year okay well brett this has been awesome uh i'm happy we we got here shout out to your antagonized hoodie shout out to (laughs) the lost colony of roanoke that's in north carolina uh i'm happy to have been able to have you on the podcast to hear your story talk about no other way uh, you know, some of my, uh, you know, see, I, I used to say Dewey and Jamie were my pe- my favorite people from Richmond, but now that list has extended. So outside of Dewey <laughs> and Jamie, I love Foster. I, I, I you know, uh, you, Charlotte, you guys are now on that list. So it, it, it's, it's, it, it's extended. And so um, thank you for doing the podcast. But before we go, is there anything else you would like to say? Uh, <laughs> Shout out uh, what it takes blog. That's my siblings' blog that he, that they do. Uh, it's uh, kind of like just an all around like hardcore lifer thing. Mm-hmm. It's sick. Uh, you should follow it. What it takes. Uh, shout out Jamie Davis. Uh, shout out Rono. And yeah, I don't know. That's it. All right. Well, thank you, everyone who tuned in. Thank you, Brett, for doing the podcast. And we'll be back soon. Goodbye.